We're showing off in front of <laughs> in front of the, uh, the thing. You get it. You get it. Pray hard, pray tough. And welcome to the Joust. Very exciting Joust. My name's Nagy. I'm here as always with my pale yet slightly pinkish friend tonight, Liam McNeil. Liam, how are you? Excellent. I'm pink as a soccer ball ham, fresh out of the deli, feeling great. Is that a thing, soccer ball ham? Yeah, soccer ball ham. It's where they take all the shitty old, not the old ham, but the cheap offcuts of the ham and kind of blend it up into a ham paste, <laughs> reform it into a ball and sell it from the deli, really cheap. Like a tube of like a... Not the tube, no. No, they form it into kind of the shape of a leg hand. I digress, Liam. We have a very exciting <laughs> show tonight because because round one, victory. Who would have thought it was going to happen? I definitely didn't think it was going to happen like that. Well, you're a dickhead. Yeah. I thought exactly <laughs> it was going to happen exactly like that. And I was, yeah, no, I, I, I wasn't overly confident going in, I must admit, after the last few years and such. But yes, no, it was a truly wonderful way to start the season. I was saying to someone earlier today, and I was, and I was saying why this game was so important that we won it like that. I was like... Newcastle have lost games just like that for the last 20 years. And it like early, always early on, always like, you know, expectations high and we just didn't, didn't quite live up to it. And then it's and then it's like, oh, well, you know, we'll improve. Oh, we've got to gel. We've got to focus on this area. But we had the game, you know, in front of 25,000 fans. We had the game right there and we took it. We took it and we fucking won it. And we uh, did, which again, night, like you said, Knights teams of the last few years would not have done that. Nine, 99 times out of 100, any Knights team in the last... Four to five years loses that game, loses the game every time, and it would have been like, oh, we're so close. And like last year, how many games did we win? Were we winning at half time? Eight. Like eight games and at lost. Half-time. Yeah, eight, eight. We were winning at half time. We lost. So th- that that was why oh, so important. We were, it was nothing. It was neck and neck right through. But Liam, I got to ask you, as far as the game round one, even though we came away with the two points, what went right for you? What went right? I think the control of Mitchell Pearce. You could really see he controlled the tempo of the game in a way that our younger playmakers in the past couldn't have. Uh, I thought his kicking game was very good. It really kind of got us some very good field position because Manly ran for a lot more than us. They had us on the back foot in defense quite a bit. But I think Pierce's kicking game got us out of trouble quite a few times. And I think it it really showed, you know, what a top-class half can bring. So I think one of the things that majorly went right for me was the control of the game and the way that we kind of set... The standard. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we set the pace of the we game. We set the pace. Yeah, you know, it was definitely like, um, we, you know, we obviously um, we got off to a very, very good start. But it was, uh, for me, what went right was with that clinch moment. You know, golden point. Uh, and, you know, we didn't, you know, we thought that maybe Guerra had the ball and was going to like run away with it right before golden point. We're like, no, no, no. It's going to go to golden point. And then it, for me, I just tightened up inside. Even though we won a few golden point games at home in the, in the, in the past, but I was like, ah, look, it just doesn't feel good. Manly's coming with a bit of ascendancy. But I think what we right, it was that pace and control. We, you know, we always kept the foot down to want to win the game. And I think previous teams will, uh, previous night sides will want to draw that game. You know, try to be a bit protective over like, oh, we'll come away with at least one point. But Liam, I have to ask you what went right, what went wrong? What went wrong? I think we gave this big, explosive, hard-running Manly pack a bit too much leeway. I think the defense was too happy to sit back on the heels, let the big players come to them. And it worked. I mean... The defence was very good, and we yeah. nullified a few offloads. They got a lot of offloads. There were 17 offloads to four in favour of Manly, but we always had the players in support around it. However, 
it's a very tiring game plan, having these enormous men running at you when I think maybe a bit more line speed would be needed to get up and really stifle them. Um, yeah. And it showed in the run meters. They ran for an extra 200 meters than us. Just, I think, the line speed needs a bit of work. And obviously, it came together well in the game because we won by a single point. But I think with a bit more line speed against bigger, more powerful packs like that, we can make the games not as close. Yeah. It, yeah. We, we definitely get like... I, I know what you mean because what what went wrong for us, again, like giving the, the big man too much space. And this is this has been evident now against Parramatta, bigger pack than us, and they, they definitely won that forwards battle. And... and uh, I thought um, our bigger guys, um, you know, I thought Jimenez uh, SA played really well, but uh, I thought Lilliman and uh, Safidi, I just didn't think we were getting, you know, getting that ascendancy in, in the middle. With them. I thought the fringes did better, but I thought them, I don't want this to become a thing of our, our four pack just doesn't quite match up to theirs. And I, I thought, you know, Parramatta's one thing, Manly's the second thing, Manly's pack's nowhere near as good, I don't think, as Parramatta's. So, like I just, I just think that I don't want that to become a recurring theme. However, given the disparity and you know the size and the power of the middles, I think our middles did well. You know, yep. it's, a, it's a smaller middle. Yeah, it's a smaller middle, but they did well. They, the manly power players like your Adam Fanua, Blake, Tapau, Kelapi, Tanganoa, they mm. were running insanely hard and they were making a lot of meters. But we were making our tackles. We were kind of settling up the offloads and force them to go around. You know, their first two tries, obviously there was the really soft Sean Lane try on the line, but for their other two tries, they had to go around. And I think the Knights have become a lot better at shoring up that middle. They're giving yeah. away a few extra meters, but they're making the tackles. They're preventing the offloads. They're getting three and four in the tackle and then the two in support either side of the tackle player to nullify the offload. So Manly got a lot of offloads, yeah. but they weren't necessarily very effective. Yeah, no, I know, I know exactly what you mean. And Liam, we've got to bring back, a, obviously, a, segment, a favorite segment. Mm. Uh, is, is Who is your hats off for round one? Now, it's easy to go with the Pong because he had one of the great games of all time. You know, <laughs> What was that? The... The Pong, you know, he was Pong strong. Hashtag Pong strong, uh, Knights fans. You know, yeah. he scored his try on debut three minutes in. 12 tackle busts, a few try savers. Yeah. He was insanely comfortable at the back. Yeah. Um, I've changed my mind. He's my hat's off. Yeah. Oh, sorry, got, sorry. Your hat's off? The Pong. Like, Pong. Uh, that's very good. And um, for mine, uh, personally, speaking about that, you know, struggling in the middle, I thought the one player that really did stand up uh, for my hat's off for this week, uh, I'll have to give it to Herman S.A.S.A. The man's so nice, they named him two times. Uh, One time and then another time after that. Yes, yes, with the same name. Mm. No, I thought he did really well. I think you might have some stats there as far as uh, his... Uh, how many hit-ups did he Yeah, had 22 hit-ups, 169 metres, uh, five tackle busts. His footwork at the line was great. His late footwork really kind of allows him to poke his nose through and get that quick cl- quick play of the ball. I think SASA was great. He's a phenomenal signing. I'm really excited to see him running around. For a guy that's only finding his way like into a new side and like obviously came with a lot of ex- expectation from from Brisbane. And like it could have been easy to him to play like a very numbers game, like a very like sort of, you know, 12 hit-ups of the game, uh, maybe crack 100 meters. But it was hard yakker out there in the middle as we said before. So, and for him just to keep putting his hand up and even when it, like, you know, in extra time, uh, and, you know, late in the game when the game was still in the balance, like he was there putting his hand up for the first run, third run, like getting his hands on the ball, obviously way more. And I think he led the, the hit-up count for the entire... He did lead the hit-up count for the entire comp over the weekend with his 22, yeah. Incredible. And obviously when we have our hats off to a player, we must also return our hats back on. Uh, and who's your hats back on to a player you didn't think do so well this week? Now, my hats back on is not through the efforts of the players, but purely through how the game plan affected their game. I think the centers, Tao and Sioni, had quiet games with big, hard-running centers like that. They need early ball. Yeah. But in a game like 
Manly, it's very much a middle-centred game. It's forwards hitting it up, forwards running really hard, and the centres don't get quite so much ball. Manly did it, and it worked. Brian Kelly, you know, scored his tries and did quite well out wide, but I think the Knights now need to work on getting Sione and Tautau a lot of extra ball. However... I will counteract that by saying that they were very good out of our own half. You know, the back five were great, taking the early hard runs out of our own 20, out of our own 30. Sione and Tautau especially, they were taking the ball really hard out of our own end. And Rossi as well, SKD. So while it's a hats back on for the centres, it's through no fault of their own. Maybe they could have taken ownership, called for the ball a bit more. But I think it's more due to the game plan that they had somewhat quiet games. Also, their defense, they're still, and we showed it in the Parramatta trial, you know, they tended to compress the Newcastle line and force Manly to go around us, which hasn't paid off for us so far with a few tries coming out on the fringes there. But, you know, I think it's just a part of the game plan. And as they grow in trust in defense, you know, they'll stop making the uh, the bad calls with Moga going in a few times. Sione went in a few times, leaving their winger stranded. Yeah. But I think that'll come with time. You know, th- combinations, trust... That'll come with time. Minutes on the field. That's why you know, the only way that those combinations are going to, you know, going to form is minutes on the field playing together. And uh, it's I I, I kind of agree more with centers. My my hats back on is uh, to the former captain of the side and really you know a real part of that nucleus that we talked about um, last season was uh, Sione Matautia. Obviously, like uh, his only reason he's my hats back on is because you know obviously he's in a new position uh, and he's probably playing a bit conservative, worrying about his concussions, and it was. It, for me, it was, it was he had a very quiet game. Um, you know, you might might have missed him if you, you know if you thought that you know if you weren't watching carefully. However, uh, in saying that, it's it, it was I can understand why he had a quiet game. He just needed to run the numbers at centre. Last year when he was playing at centre, um, before he moved in the back row, or it might have been the year before, uh, when we trialled him at centre, I was worried about his defence because he does do it in that up and in. And that's, you know, that's someone that's an aggressive defender will come up and in because that's, you know, it's a natural sort of a thing that you're, even if you're playing in your fringe, you want to come up and shut it down because that's naturally what you want to do rather than, it's hard to defend backwards, you know what I mean? Back when you're working back off your hips, it's a, it's, 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 it's something different and it will take a while for him not to overcommit, but I think that's, as we talked about, that trust. So, yeah, no, Sione for me is hats back on. Speaking of what did and didn't work, thoughts on the uh, Connor Watson at six? How do you like that? Yeah, I've got to say, uh, like a lot of people have uh, come out, even like uh, outside uh, sort of commentators of uh, various teams and, and the game itself. I think... There, you know, there's lots of talks of like I really like Brock Lamb in the side. You know, he re- I thought he looked a better side coming on. What I don't think is, uh, I think in that game in particular, like when we, you know, when it's ten minutes down, we need to score more points and we need maybe throw something else in the mix. Sure, put that put put Brock Lamb in and and mix up the side. But this this can't work again and again and again. That worked for this side uh, and, and during that game in that situation. But we can't have Brock Lamb, in my opinion, uh, we can't have Brock Lamb on the bench as a, a, a wasted five eight. If you know what I mean, like. For me, you you either put him in the side of five eight, move Connor Watson either to reserve hooker or put him at fullback, and um, you know you you either got to start him or you. They, for me, long term, you can't have this rotating thing. I know it worked for the Roosters uh, last year, having Connor Watson as sort of that um, that sort of 
stopgap filler. Like, but at the same time, we're not the roosters. You know, even though we have a lot of ex-roosters. Uh, we're, 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 <laughs> That's it. You could have fooled me, yeah. Maggie. You could have fooled me. <laughs> we're trying our best to be the roosters. No, but we, we, we're not that. We, we don't have that finesse and class of the roosters of, say, you know, the last two years. So we can't pretend to be and have this luxury of having like a reserve. I think if anything, our bench was a bit light, uh, only having the one Ford and, and Daniel Safiti, uh, and then having uh, Bira and um, Hyington, who, who I think, if anything, are more of, you know, you're more, I know Hyington, like, oh, he played prop for, for England and, you know, that's all well and good, but like he's not that meter bending prop. He's a by the numbers prop. He's, you know, he's going to get that work done for you, but no side's going to be like, Chris Hyington's on, like, you know, let's all focus on him. It's, uh, it's, it's, when you have that in Daniel Safiti. And so I, th- I think for me, I, I would like to see, uh, you know, your back row replacement like a Bureau if you're going to have him off the bench, two props, and um, you're going to have a Danny Levi back in there. Look, I love Brock Lamb. I think he adds a great thing to the side. He's come up right through the system for, for Newcastle. But for me, you either, it's, it's you've got to put him in the start or not have him at all. That's just my, and you, you're not going to get a good combination building between Mitchell Pierce and Brock Lamb at the back end of 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, and But good credit to Brownie to putting him on because a lot of those a lot of coaches in that situation a lot of pressure on brownie would have just gone uh, uh, keep him there maybe uh chuck him on in you know well yeah i think manly with 10 minutes to go had two fresh players on the bench they hadn't touched did they really i believe so christ what is trent barrett doing up there i think brownie slapped the brains out of him that time <laughs> but it's funny you mentioned safidi and now you said earlier you thought he was quiet i i just like oh contraire from my personal oh. opinion now i thought when he came on he brought a lot of aggression he ran very i think his first hit up was off the kickoff and yeah he yeah. absolutely ran like the clappers he was getting in on tackles he made a uh, one little beautiful cover tackle on a potential break off and offload and he i i think he was actually quite good off the off the bench bringing a good intensity from the bench i'm probably being a little bit critical because i probably have daniel safidi in my starting side i think daniel safidi is that because he's you know seven foot tall uh and you know just that crazy fiji and that you want to have at the start you know just he's he's huge and he's rangy and he attracts a lot of defense um if anything i thought maybe uh lilyman didn't really uh, like have that it was just i don't know i just think it needs tweaking uh, and I think it all started for me when I got like a little bit critical. We came out of the result, but it was a tit for tat game. Uh, for me, like it, it, when we took Danny Levi off, uh, sorry, out of the side, uh, and then we have this weird sort of like you know, hooker rotation, Connor Watson from six. For me, for me, and this is again my opinion. This is why we're all watching. Well, Maggie, you know what they say. <laughs> no, no. Opinions are like arseholes. <laughs> they all stink. <laughs> there is that I don't think a good hooker replacement is someone that's already on the field. Even if they're defending out in the fringe. And the, but I, I, you shouldn't put your 5'8 into hooker. Call me crazy. You should, you know, it should be a position that you inject something with the game. Whether it be, you know, if it was the other way around, start Danny Levi, and then you inject a bit of stability in there and get the, get the halves some nice, clean early ball. And by the way, Slade Griffin clean ball like and i was gonna say delivery uh, and control around that ruck with his patience was was something else remarkable not only that his defense you know 44 tackles his patience around the ruck like you said and the other thing that he brought was a real defensive intensity and pressure you'll notice if you if you watch towards the end of the game you know daily cherry evans was having a few pot shots field goals he got into position a few times every single time slade griffin was there every single kick chase slade griffin was there every single time 
you know, a manly player went to make a bust or do something. Slade Griffin was there. He was absolutely everywhere. Yeah. And like you said, he controlled the ruck very well. His service was very good. You know, he's hitting players on the chest. My only concern is that his service isn't quick enough. Yeah. You notice when he passes off the deck, he takes an extra takes millisecond second. just yeah. for that wind-up, which will allow, it, you know, until the players get more comfortable with playing with Slade. Yeah they can tend to overrun him a little bit. It also mm. gives the defense an extra second to move up, yeah. which as a hooker, that's kind of, that's your bread and butter. You need to be getting that ball off the deck immediately. So I think that needs work. But besides that, he was amazing. He was, you know, one of our contenders for hats off. He was brilliant. i got to say, Liam, you couldn't have written the the end of that game any oh. better for a Newcastle side that's just got nine new players, including a very, like the marquee player, the, the biggest marquee player we have since, uh, since Darius uh, in Mitchell Pierce, And for him to... To finally kick that one, uh, I tell you what, like to kick that one, just uh, how long do we have in the clock? Ninety seconds left. Mm-hmm. I just sort of think a lot of the previous night sides would have just sort of played the safe numbers, maybe gone for the corner, uh, but to actually like back yourself, go for that field goal. Even though I thought that first field goal that he went, for, like I thought that went over. That was <laughs> one of the most beautiful field goals I've ever seen. Both of them like just excelled off the boot. And I, I was speaking to someone uh, uh, that's quite close to the club, and they were saying that he's been practicing all preseason and spraying them, <laughs> like <and he> couldn't, <laughs> so he saved his best for for. For the where it counted, and that meant so much just in front of that huge crowd at Newcastle, all the fans coming out there. That you know, just electric feel, new owners, uh, a lot of investment in the club, and we just rewarded 20. You know, close to twenty five thousand. I think it might have been twenty three thousand five hundred and sixteen. Those that amount of people we've just rewarded uh, to to come back, and we had the graveyard shift. We had the the six o'clock. The people on a Friday afternoon, even though we had the New Atali Gnomes. God bless New Atali. Yeah, New Atali Gnomes. New Tuli. New Tuli. I don't even understand that. But it's get a better first name, New Atali. Like the score, you just Tali. How about that? I didn't vote for you. But I forgot to vote. It was nice. You gave a bit of a Bob Hawke speech, and I but I really hope because you said if there was anyone that didn't, you know. Doesn't, any boss that doesn't let their, their employee go and watch the game. It, and I thought, if she just said, it's a bam. I it's a been, bam. Uh, I uh, if she had a jacket, it would have just been perfect. Very, very hawky. But instead, she said, isn't Nova Castrian. But it's nice to have that kind of support around. Uh, and it, look, it was an absolute fairy tale of an end. You couldn't, you know, Roald Dahl couldn't have written a better, better story. To that. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he was a bit dark, actually. He was a bit. Yeah, no, yeah. he wouldn't have written a happy ending. No, but, um, but, you know, it was incredible. But but we are, me are, just, me, we are just people of the game. We, we are just, you know, the peanut gallery shouting advice. But we have a true expert coming on the show in just a moment. We have uh, Josh Spiegel, the Beagleman. Uh, the Beagle. Got a real nose for stats, the Beagle. <laughs> he does. He can sniff them out. He does. And we got, him on the, we got him on the line and we'll get him on very soon. We'll be right back with it. All right, guys, we're here with our very own uh, resident stat man, Josh Spiegelman. Josh, have we got you on the line? Yep, all good, mate. I can hear you loud and clear. Welcome to the Joust, Josh. Uh, it's all good to have you uh, on a live version here. Uh, it's, uh, it's great, great to be here, mate. <laughs> Finally talking to you face to face with yeah. my proper name. Love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, had a few names uh, last season, but it's uh, it's good uh, now that we can actually uh, yeah refer to you as your true name, or even though that it, is, it's not made up, even though it might sound like it. <laughs> this is the true name, so let's continue. Thank you very much, Spiegel the Beagle. Now, uh, Liam, I think you had a question for him. <laughs> I did. Now, Spiegelman from the game uh, against Manly, who were the movers and shakers, numbers wise? Who impressed? Who ignored? Who just who were the big ones? <laughs> So I think we'll start with some positives as all the fans are such in a good mood still. Um, so obviously the Pong, the Pong man, I think is the standout from a stats point of view and obviously outside the stats. Um, it's two try savers, one on Aku in the corner, which was a bit of justice for last year, that phantom try. Yeah, and also uh, Cherry Evans racing down the right in the second half, how he tackled him one-on-one. That really stood out to me outside the stats. 
but if we look into the stats with the Pong, he made 12 tackle breaks, which was the highest in the entire NRL in round one. Um, and if we compare it to last year, Gagai, who was our leading tackle breaker, only topped 12 once all season. Uh, and that was when he played centre. So when he was at fullback, he only averaged six a game. So if Pong has already doubled that in the first game, it's pretty encouraging early on, I'd say. Fantastic. What about uh, maybe any, any letdowns stat-wise from the game? Yeah, I got a few letdowns, mate. I think um, Jacob Lilliman was, uh, as predicted, uh, he didn't make many metres, only 73 off, off 10 runs. Um, so only had 11 post-contact metres uh, in the match. Uh, so pretty solid but unspectacular. Now, if you just compare that quickly with Essie who was absolutely superb, he had 22 runs for 169 metres, 40 metres post-contact. So um, Lilliman's got to you know, chip in a bit more going forward, I think. Couldn't, yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah, how did you find our back rowers? So, obviously, you're uh, Aiden Guerra's... Uh, what's the other bloke name? The yeah. young bloke, Mitchell Fit, uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon. <laughs> how did you find them? Because they seemed like they had quiet games, but what they did do was big. How did they come up numbers-wise? Yeah, well, I looked at Guerra in particular. He was really busy. I was at the game, and I didn't realise quite how busy he was. He made 42 tackles with only a few misses, 19 runs for 128 metres, which was our second highest behind SESE. So... It was really something on the on the edge there, so it, like it's encouraging going forward. I got, I got to say, the, yeah, the back row definitely stood out for me. The um, if we if we're going to look uh, look forward to the the Canberra game, uh, is there anyone in particular that you think from the Canberra side that we might have to be be watching, worried about? Yeah, I did some uh, brief analysis on this after the game yesterday. Amazing finish, by the way. So they'll be fired up against us, but uh, Shannon Boyd. He ran um, for 147 metres, 63 metres were after contact, so beat any of our players, and he had 100% tackle effectiveness. Now, when he got subbed off in the game with Havili, the hooker as well, you could see the Raiders' middle really soften. So um, we got to, you know, shut him down early and uh, pay attention when he gets subbed out. Could be some uh, exploitation there. Any, uh, any of the Knights players that you think we might, uh, might be looking to focus, might do well against this Canberra side? Uh, I haven't looked at a player-player analysis right now versing each other. I'll be doing that later in the week. You can read that on my blog that I put up midweek. Uh, we, can um, we find I'm that on the... To Slade Griffin to continue on his round one form. I mean, he impressed me so much. 44 tackles, 95% success rate. Obviously, that great try. I think um, be a bit of a battle between the hookers, Havili and Griffin, two new signings, and are both impressed in their time on the field in round one. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Josh. So we can catch your blog uh, on the on the Kingdom Knights page? Yeah, they often post it or just go to WordPress and type in my complicated name, Josh Spiegelman, <laughs> and it'll pop up the old sports statistics blog. So all about the Knights and their opponents going forward. Josh, we can't thank you enough for having you on the show. It's a good pleasure, and we'll be catching you next week as well. Sounds good, boys. Up the Knights. Thank you very much, Josh. Yeah, I think that was, we can't thank Jack Spiegelman enough. He's obviously he's, we've been working with him now for for probably as long as we've been around. Uh, he's a big supporter of the show early on, but yeah, he often posts his stuff on Knights of the Kingdom. Uh, so make sure that you catch that there. Uh, the 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 prominent uh, Knight supporters page. You know that's the real deal. Absolutely, okay. it's you know second to none, and it's great to have someone on board who has a handle on numbers. As as our listeners would know, Nag, you know. I, often struggle with numbers so it's good to have someone who has a, a good understanding of all those numbers how they affect the game and all that fun stuff yeah absolutely now liam uh i have to ask you how'd you go tipping wise this uh, this round 
Ah, uh, not too good. You put mine in. I got three. That's right. You got three. How many did you get? Four. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> right. To a wonderful start. I know, but if you want to be part of a really great tipping comp, you got to go down to see the Stu, Kath, and the gang down at the Commonwealth Hotel. Wonderful uh, venue. It, it is a wonderful venue, and it's the best tipping comp going around. It's all the who's who of tipsters, isn't there? And us, and us. which is <laughs> neither of the who or the other who. Uh, <laughs> we're just people that can't tip very well. Uh, tip with the heart. That's the problem. Um, <laughs> And lack the mind tipping part. Yeah, but, but your heart doesn't do anything else well. It's it's not pumping the blood around too. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm struggling on all fronts. Now, Liam, I have to ask you. As far as uh, we've got the Canberra game, Canberra game this Sunday, we've got the six thirty slot, I think, uh, down there in uh, the, the the nation's capital. Um, what what's that stadium called down there? It's still got GIO that? Stadium. GIO Stadium. Mm. Um, no, I was going to think it was the Dairy Farmers one, but that's North Queensland, formerly known as Dairy Farmers, was North Queensland. North so one three hundred smiles now. What terrible names for stadiums have come around. Isn't it? It's they like shouldn't name stadiums after sponsors. No, I know. That's why Although Marathon Tires was the sponsor. That's a great name for a stadium. Marathon Stadium. Marathon Stadium. Hmm. Um, now, but Liam, so what do you want to see out of this Canberra game on Sunday? Look, there's a few things I need. I think need work for the Canberra game. They've got a very enormous pack, similar to Manly. Big, powerful Huge. pack. And I think, as I touched upon earlier, I think we need to get a bit more line speed in defence. Hmm. Shut their big men down a bit earlier. They haven't quite got the offloading clout as Manly do, so we can focus on getting more in the tackle yeah. and really shut their big pack down. And it was like Spiegelman said on the phone, you know, big bo- big blokes like uh, Shannon Boyd, Junior Paulo, they, if they get ahead of steam, they're just going to roll through. So I think a bit of extra line speed the Knights need to get up and really shut them down. The other danger for me is their back three. Mm. If you look at Jordan Rapana, uh, Nick Kotrick, Jack White, and their kick returns are amazing, especially Jack White, and he runs the ball back harder than anyone. Yeah. So I think we need to nullify that. Ideally, I guess, using a similar tactic... Uh, that Brownie employed last year, kicking for the corners, plugging the sidelines, taking the back three out of the game because they are great finishers. Kotrick and Rapana are two of the best finishers in the game. I think you've really got to eliminate that. Yeah. And a lot of pressure around the play the ball. With the uh, absence of Josh Hodgson, they've got Silva Havilian, is the, I think, future king of Tonga. Mm. Um, good player, <laughs> but I think if there's enough pressure around the ruck you yeah. know he could start making some errors and he doesn't tend to play 80 minutes so they'll spend a fair bit of the game with a part-time hooker in yeah. which I believe this week was Aiden Caesar yeah. and so if there's a lot of pressure in around the ruck trying to maybe slow it down a bit really I think we need to set the pace at the ruck we yeah. really need to control the ruck if you want to really control those big men is putting pressure around the ruck and mm. not let them gain ascendancy what I would like to see I think is you know it was a tit for tat game against Manly and like we were scoring points and then immediately conceding one after and that's you know that seems all too, you know, it's easier to say, easier said than done, but like just focusing and making those points count when we score them. So to really like uh, keep that ascendancy and like keep those points on the board and not just make it back to 0-0 zero, zero again, as has happened in Manly, uh, against Manly. So, but, but obviously that's what I want to see. Now, Liam, uh, we did something very special this week, uh, something that we had to dust off. Uh, your sack! Can you want to open your sack for this week, Liam? Oh, it's been sitting, gathering dust and doing a hell of a lot of nothing. But great response to the sack. Thank you all for your uh, questions there, guys. Now, I've got quite a few. I've sort of combined a few of them because a lot of you did ask very much the same question. So I'm asking it from Joe Frost initially. Now, what's Danny's long-term, Danny Levi, sorry's long-term future look like? Is it in red and blue? Is it too soon to tell? What do we think? Too soon to tell. I think uh, I'd have to say. However, I, I, in my, in my first team, he's in there. You need him like that. If we were down, um, you know, fourteen points, uh, and he's in the first, you want him on to inject something in that side, which I don't think you're going to get from Brock Lamb. And look, I love Brock again, uh, but I, I think you know, he's, he's, he's forte 
is is ball movement. Uh, but I think Danny Levi's uh, where he really added something to that side is you know especially in this Canberra game is going to be speed around that ruck around those tired fours, Junior Polo, Shannon Boyd, the big fellas that you you know that after about 15 minutes put him in you know keep Slade Griffin on in that in that rotation that we spoke about so you keep that the good defender on and you just let Danny v- Levi run just let the legs go. I agree. I think especially, again, like you said, with a bigger forward pack, that will tire a bit like your Canberra's. I know a number of them were in fat club over the offseason. Mm. Levi could work miracles around the ruck. He could be phenomenal, tear them apart. So, again, I, I, I feel like for this week's option, Levi is the better option on the bench as yeah. opposed to Brock Lamb. Yeah. But, you know, could, we'll could see what Brownie's doing. Yeah. Could change in the future. But uh, it leads into our next question, which was posed by a number of uh, jousters. How do you balance Brock Lamb, Slade Griffin, Danny Levi, Connor Watson, Where's the balance? It's hard early on in the season, but what, what's going to it's going to just eventuate. It's going to be time on the field, and I think what's showing what these players can do together, uh, in 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 you know who's gelling with who, who's got better combinations with who. And look, if you're seeing when if Brock Lamb gets some more time on the field, and him and, and Mitchell Pierce are you know are complementing each other, uh, Connor Watson has to be moved back to the bench, you know, and and if. If you know that's that's the manage, but we will have an injury, and Connor Watson's versatile, and he will fill that gap. So if injury to the pong or something like that, you know, I, I think Connor Watson's moving backwards um, on the field, not physically. But it's uh, you move into fullback and you shift everyone around like that. Um, so I think look, we're we're sport for choice at the moment, but you, we can't assume that we're going to go through you know the first ten rounds and not not get an injury. And if we do, um, I think you play it as we we're talking about now. What's played, what's in front of us. So bigger fullback with Canberra. Danny Levi's in, Brock Lamb's out. And further to that, I liked later in the game when Brownie had uh, the four ball players on. He had Slade Griffin on. He had Connor Watson, Brock Lamb, and Mitchell Pearce on all at the same time. It was reminiscent of what Queensland did a few years ago, yeah. bringing Michael Morgan in as the super sub. He would move into lock. It was It's a very small team. It's mobile, but it did seem to work for us, and it, it worked very well for Queensland. So I think if you keep those players again, give an injury, one of them's going to have to drop out eventually. Yeah. But you can keep that core of your four players playing those three roles almost and yeah. it could do it quite well now Nick Turner mm. now Nick this is one of the best questions we've ever got from, from the sack I hope you can uh, get the internet and PNG and hear our answer Nick Turner asks Glenn Grief Troy Fletcher Leo Dinova Sean Rudder and George Carmont would all like to have lunch with you but you've only reserved a table for two at Henny Penny Adamstown therefore you must choose only one of the aforementioned as your dining companion who do you choose and what do you order for lunch oh. Uh, I'll probably bring, uh, you know, Georgie Hollywood Carmont, uh, you know, the man with the socks around his ankles. <laughs> and the uh, hair around his shoulders. And the hair around his shoulders. Gee, that was some good times. I, mm. I, you know, a big fan of Georgie, uh, being a Raymond Terrace boy and, uh, you know, from from the area. Uh, but, uh, and probably, oh, uh, was Milton Thiday on that list? No. Um, Milton Thiday <laughs> was not. <laughs> no, but maybe uh, I'll get Glenn Grief. You know, is a good grief, Glenn Grief. Yeah, there'd be anyone else. <laughs> what about yourself, Liam? Look, I've got to go with... Um, Troy Fletcher. Troy Fletcher. I always just thought he had strange hair. It was so curly, was curly and, and kind of it? out like a side afro. And uh, yeah, no, I think I'd you know catch up with Troy and uh, yeah. ask what he what he does to his hair. What products does he use? You know, what's his regimen? Yeah. And I think I'd order us a couple of um, chip and gravy rolls. Yeah. Over keep, a pair of chip and gravy rolls. Henny Penny, of course. Keep, let's keep it very, uh, you know, I don't think you can reserve tables at Henny Penny, but let's just say we'll keep it very, very uh, newcastle But there was now one that was missed. The Knight Rider. The Knight, Justin. Justin Rider got a big, big push for that. Everyone's like, well, where's the Justin, the Knight Rider? So, you know, obviously we'll invite Justin. Maybe have him on the phone like we did with Spiegelman. We could have Justin Ryder on the phone very soon. Yeah. <laughs> Last question for the uh, coming out of the sack. Re- digging in real deep here was from our dear friend at uh, Milos at Big Dog Pod. Milos asks, do you prefer Nathan Rostog Ross with long hair or short? 
I gotta say, I love him with long hair. Uh, he did. He was sort of emulating uh, Mad Dog McDougal, uh, and I really hope that he's gonna have a really good clash with Jordan Rapana this week, as he has in previous games. But I think it's almost like uh, like Samson, you know, like he uh, you cut the hair off, and you know, he loses some of his his um, you know draw strength, strength, and you know um, uh, just allure. Fucking Delilah. Yeah. <laughs> but I disagree, Nagy. Now, but the missus was saying to me over the weekend, so why'd Rossi cut his hair? It was beautiful. He did have a beautiful head of hair. But, yeah. but with none, he just reminds me so much of Mad Dog with the pumping legs, the leg speed, the mm. bustling runs. Yeah. It's it's the second coming of Mad Dog that we've been wanting for years. And I love him with a bald head. He's, he's a, it's a rough mug with no head. It is. But boy, it just works. It works it just well. Works. And he did it for a good cause as well. Um, I can't remember what the cause cancer. was. Cancer. Cancer. He did it for cancer. He wants to get it? No, no. He, he's, he's against it. Oh, good. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I thought he was in fact. Oh, no, no. Okay, no. good. Yeah, no, that no, is a great cause. He's, he's a great cause, and he's raised a lot of money for that as well. So, great. Uh, thank you. It was such a pleasure opening up the sack once more inside the sack, which I'm great to play around with the sack every once in a while. <laughs> and I'm terrified of it as well. Uh, your sack, that is. Now, Liam, um, do you have the time? So- I do. Nagy, I do have the oh, it's time for the news. Time for the news. Yes, and there was an important thing that came out uh, through the NRL at the moment, uh, and that was uh, in another team. Uh, that was the Penrith Panthers. And it came out that, that uh, Anthony Griffin, Hook, has, uh, has lost the change room, uh, which is probably the biggest insult that you could float around for, um, for an NRL coach. They're saying that, uh, that Gus Gould is actually coaching the side and that he's just mainly got his hand firmly up Hook's bottom and is puppeteering him. Um, like uh, Dickie Knee from Hey Hey Saturday. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Well, it does seem to be the case. I mean, all the players have come out and uh, vehemently, you know, denied it. But it, it, all the, the way the players have spoken about it, it all just seems very pre-prepared. State. Even players leaving the club. Your Bryce Cartwright's gone to the Gold Coast. Mitch Rain's gone to the Gold Coast. Yeah. Another Panthers player's gone to the Gold Coast. Tyron Peachy's gone to the Gold Coast next, next year. year yeah. They're all coming out and saying, oh, no, we love Hook. He's a great coach, blah, blah, blah. But it, it all seems very pre-planned. It's written statements that they're, you know, reading out. And... Although Penrith got a really good win on the weekend, I yeah. think it was off the back of some amazing individual performances. Kick-out was unbelievable. Yeah. RCG was great. Uh, Wonga Blake was great. But it still seems like the game plan there is just odd. There's I, a game plan. They don't seem to know what to do yeah. as soon as they get in the 40. And yeah, I, I, think, I think Griffin's got one foot out the door. With Gus obviously being one of the most successful coaches ever, they just bite the bullet. Make Gus the coach. I did hear a rumour on the rumour mill that uh, Michael Maguire is waiting in the wings uh, to swoop straight in as soon as they're, they're one flogging away from a lot of pressure being put on Griffin. But Nagy, why bring in another coach? If Gus is controlling a team, coaching the team, why don't you just keep Gus in? Because Gus doesn't, he was not employed as a coach. He wants to control this side and he, he doesn't want to take any responsibility himself to say this side <laughs> is fucking up and I've had it for seven years now and it's still like, you know, arguably no better than, you know, a year after I took over. So he wants to keep it at arm length by sacking the coach he keeps himself in the position for another year with another solution I'm not the biggest fan of Gus Gould uh, but however however yeah it was making news and it was huge but I, I had to bring if it wasn't uh, Anthony Griffin a lot of coaches a lot of pressure on this year who do you reckon is another coach that might be you know got the, uh, the the tap on the shoulder just creeping up their back well for me it's got to be Stephen Kearney yeah. I think as Jasses would know who listen pretty regularly we're kind of bemused as how Stephen Kearney's still uh, coaching a first grade side in the NRL but uh, watching the Warriors on the weekend they were amazing they were (laughs) unbelievable they were kind of playing that Warriors brand of football that we all expected however you know two losses from them they slide back into Warriors mediocrity I think you might see Stephen Kearney out the door which ironically his assistant 
Andrew McFadden was the previous head coach of the Warriors, which is kind of it's a, it's a strange sort of one. He got fired and then came back as the assistant to his replacement. I don't understand that. It's like a broken sort of like it's like a family splitting up, and then you sort of invite Dad back in, but he's in the granny flat. Yeah, it's yeah. a strange one. I don't quite understand that. So I think he's under the pump. I believe, you know, I think going into the season, Ivan Cleary. A lot of people are saying, oh, you know, he needs results fast. No, he's at the start of a build-up. Yeah, he doesn't need results fast. He's doing exactly what he was brought in to do. Um, Shane Flanagan, I feel like, he, you know, he's got results. He's had a premiership. His team slid down a bit last year. They're coming out as a, a team with some superstars who are all dickheads. They're just a very unlikable team. They are. And if they don't succeed, I think Cronulla are going to start looking at Shane Flanagan saying, well, hang on, what the hell? Yeah. Last premiership in 2016. We're going backwards now. The Michael Maguire story. Yeah, no, and I, I have to agree, but I think I think Ricky, Sticky Ricky, is going to be um um have have you know if if we win another clincher over there, there's those games that they just can't get the two points on the board, uh and, you know they just like they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory last week, um so I think if you know a few more of those pressure starts coming on, like and he went to Canberra falling out the arse end of Parramatta, leaving them you know before um. Uh, what's his name? The Parramatta coach. B. Arthur. B. Arthur came Brad in Arthur. And, and was rebuilt that club. So he showed that they could be done there, but he just he almost bowed on them. And I think the pressure's on Sticky. Actually, yeah. I agree with you about Ricky. Yeah, because you know they were within one game of a grand final two seasons ago, took a similar squad into last year, didn't even make the eight. Uh, and this year, from what they've shown, all beat in the first game. You know, it still seems like a team that doesn't quite know how to utilize some great assets. They've got a really good squad. Yeah. But how to utilize them? I think um, also, uh, thank you very much for the input, Liam. But Liam, uh, something happened in the last week. Um, there was a bit of a... Uh, we, had, we had a giveaway here. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> uh, these uh, gorgeous... Yes. Uh, gorgeous. Ah, gorgeous mugs that are that, you know they're now prize uh, nights fans possessions and uh, they're, they're wonderful to have. However, we've run out of mugs. Hashtag mugs out. Uh, uh, we'll come up with a bit of hashtag. Uh, the, uh, none mugs. None mugs. None mugs. Ugly mugs? No, they're beautiful. They're uh, gorgeous. <laughs> We're the ugly mugs. But here, we've man. run out of mugs. However, but keep your eyes out for some other really stupid promo material from the Joust that we will be coming up with very soon. So please, eyes open for the uh, on the Joust page for that. Whatever's cheapest. We'll get whatever's cheapest. <laughs> whatever's cheapest. They do send me well, though. They've got a nice wide handle. Uh, and Which a, is good for our fat hands. Good for the fat hands. The fingers you're using to hold the cup yeah. are too fat. Uh, now, but no, no, it was. Um, so keep your eyes out for that. But we're currently out of mugs, but we love the mug support uh, from all you mugs out there. No. <laughs> but Liam, it's been a pleasure to talk to you uh, about footy once again of uh, this week of the Joust. Uh, we'll be back next week. But if you want to catch this episode, obviously uh, listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, follow us on Facebook, uh, like us on Facebook as well if you like, uh, and uh, all the pipes, all the all of them we've got Twitter we've got Instagram you name it we're all over it yeah yeah almost too much we're very hip oh yeah very much so mm-hmm. but it's been a pleasure talking to you once again Liam and uh, good luck against uh, the, the Canberra Raiders this week not yourself personally but uh, everyone listening because we know we have a lot of the nice players <laughs> listening as well and thank- we're also heavily invested in the club and in the team ourselves yes absolutely thank you very much Justice for listening we'll catch you all next week